Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Mark Merwitz podcast and now that the year 2019 is winding down it is now the perfect time to look back at the year's best albums. I was able to listen and rate about 40 albums this year and I rated these albums using a scale that Anthony Fantano who I think is one of the best music reviewers around uses. His rating system uses a scale of 1 to 10 with 1 being the lowest and 10 being the highest and instead of using decimals, he uses the denominations of light, strong, and decent. So for example, a light 6 would be somewhere between a 6.1 to a 6.3, a decent 6 would be somewhere between a 6.4 to a 6.6, and a strong 6 being somewhere between a 6.7 to a 6.9. So with the rating scale being clear, I'll now give a rundown of my top 20 albums of 2019. Take note that most of these are going to be under the hip-hop spectrum, but there will be some albums outside of that. This episode will be part 1 of my countdown, and it will cover albums 20 to 11, while part 2 will cover my personal 10 best albums of the year. So without further ado, let's begin. At number 20 is Young Thug's So Much Fun. Uh, It was released in August 16. This is Young Thug's debut album after releasing a lot of mixtapes beforehand. Uh, This is a solid trap album. Uh, It's what you would usually get from Young Thug. So if you want something uh, like uh, Young Thug's previous work, uh, this sounds uh, a lot like that. There's a lot of autotune crooning and flow that people love. It's good, but it's not Thugger's best. I feel like he still has uh, ways to improve. And I think this is just a good solid project, but something that really isn't mind-blowing, and this could have been better. I gave this album a light 6, and my favorite tracks are Hot featuring Gunna and The London featuring Travis Scott and J. Cole. At number 19 is Kevin Abstract's Arizona Baby. It was released in April 25, and this is Kevin Abstract's third studio album as a solo artist. So if you know Kevin Abstract, he is the de facto leader in Rockhampton. So this was his uh, solo release uh, months before uh, Brockhampton decided to release their album later within the year. So this album was only just 32 minutes. Uh, It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's compact, but I feel like it still could be trimmed. Uh, but however, it still had a good mix of R&B and hip-hop elements, it had good rapping, and it had good singing from its features. Uh, I gave this album a light to decent 6, and my favorite tracks are Peach and Baby Boy. At number 18 is Daniel Caesar's Case Study 01. It was released in June 28, and this is Daniel Caesar's second studio album following the successful Freudian. So uh, this album, Case Study 01, showcased a bit more versatility. It had a different sound from Freudian, which had uh, a lot of bare-bones instrumentals, just acoustics. Uh, However, for Case Study 01, uh, Daniel Caesar was a bit more experimental. It had livelier and bouncier R&B sounds for some of its tracks. However, there were some classic uh, Daniel Caesar-sounding songs that would appease its fans, but I'm glad that he was able to expand his sound a bit. However, some of these songs weren't really executed well, 
which led to uh, lesser standout tracks compared to his previous album. Uh, I gave this album a decent 6, and my favorite tracks are Love Again with Brandy and Open Up. At number 17 is YBN Corday's The Lost Boy. It was released in July 26. Uh, this is his debut studio album. It was a good debut for an emerging rapper. There was good production and good performances. However, some of the performances of the features kind of outshone his own performance, like Anderson Pack and Meek Mill. Uh, regardless though, uh, it's still a good sounding album. The sound isn't entirely unique. Uh, you can hear influences from other rappers, but regardless, it's still done well. Uh, I'm still questioning how it uh, got its own Grammy nomination for Best Hip Hop Album, even though there were uh, better hip hop albums to me uh, this year. Uh, but regardless, uh, I think it's a good enough album for someone that just blew up out of nowhere. Uh, I gave this album a decent six as well. And my favorite tracks are RNP featuring Anderson Pack and Nightmares Are Real featuring Pusha T. At number 16 is Little Sims with Grey Area. Uh, this was released in March 1, and this is her third studio album. Uh, this was my first exposure to the UK rapper. Uh, it was a great album. There was uh, hard-hitting production and instrumentation. A lot of the instrumentation sounded natural from real instruments, not from like a beat machine. Uh, there were strong flows and performances all throughout the album. It runs short, around just 30 minutes, so it's compact and concise. Uh, I gave this album a strong 6 to a light 7, and my favorite tracks were Venom and Boss. At number 15 is Danny Brown with You Know What I'm Saying. It was released in October 4, and this is his fifth studio album following what I think is his best work, which was Atrocity Exhibition in 2016. Atrocity Exhibition was really applauded by critics, uh, having uh, dark and gritty tones. However, for You Know What I'm Saying, it showcased a more mellow version of Danny. It had more thoughtful lyrics. He was more introspective in this album, and uh, there was a lot of unique sounding production with some jazz elements on there as well. Uh, I gave this album a decent 7, and my favorite tracks were Dirty Laundry and Three Tears featuring Run The Jewels. At number 14 is Freddie Gibbs and Madlib with Bandana. Uh, it was released in June 28. Uh, this is their second collaborative album. Uh, this was my first exposure to both Freddie Gibbs and Madlib, and what stood out to me the most was the interesting and unique production from Madlib. Uh, overall, it's a good gangster rap album with jazz and boom bap elements. Uh, it wasn't something that I really related to because of the lyrical content with Freddie rapping about moving drugs. Uh, however, I appreciated the skill and the flow that Freddie delivered throughout the whole album. It really stood out. And obviously, the great production from Madlib was also a standout as well. Uh, I gave this album a decent 7. And my favorite tracks are Fake Names and Crime Pays. At number 13 is JPEG Mafia's All My Heroes Are Cornballs. Uh, it was released in September 13. Uh, this is JPEG Mafia's second studio album after his cult classic Veteran. 
So uh, before listening to All My Heroes or Cornballs, I decided to listen to Veteran. And personally, I thought it was too experimental for me. Uh, it wasn't something that I really went back and listened to. So heading into All My Heroes or Cornballs, I already established what he might sound like. Uh, it was still very experimental. Uh, the initial listen wasn't easy, but it gets better as you embrace the chaos. I thought that uh, All My Heroes Are Cornballs was still experimental, but it had a lot more friendlier uh, sounds and production compared to Veteran, which was good for me. Uh, there was, again, good weird sounding production, uh, good lyrical and even vocal performance from JPEG Mafia uh, singing in some parts of the album, and it went really well for me. Uh, I gave this album a decent 7. Uh, my favorite tracks were Jesus Forgive Me, I'm a Thought, and Free the Frail. At number 12 is Vampire Weekend with Father of the Bride. Uh, this is one of the few non-hip-hop albums on my list. Uh, it was released on May 3. Uh, it is the band's fourth album, uh, six years after Modern Vampires of the City. Uh, which was uh, critically acclaimed. It had a moody uh, and a dark, gloomy tone. However, Father of the Bride uh, went back to the livelier and more varied sound that Vampire Weekend had. A lot of its songs had a summertime vibe. However, uh, the album as a whole, it felt a little too long. Uh, some tracks could have been cut or could have been done better. It's a good album, but compared to the rest of their discography, it's not one of their bests. Uh, I gave this album a decent to strong 7, and my favorite tracks are This Life and Stranger, both featuring Haim. At number 11 is Brockhampton's Ginger, so I did a full review on this album. You can check that out if you want. It was released in August 23. Uh, this is the band's fifth studio album following the chaotic iridescence they released last year. Ginger, however, took a more somber and reflective route. Overall, the album was good, but a more consistent track listing would have made the album's tone more impactful. Uh, I gave this album a decent to strong 7, and my favorite tracks are Sugar and If You Pray Right. So that was the first part of my top 20 albums list. Uh, how would you have rated the albums that I just named? Uh, you can let me know and then you can tune in to the next episode to find out which albums I included in my top 10 this year. If you enjoy this episode, it would be great if you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and give it a 5 star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.